This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Steve Rosenblum, Adam Stadzinski on 670 The Score and 670thescore.com in Odyssey Station. We are here. We are here for the next hour. We are the pregame show for The Score's big Best of broadcast of the 30th anniversary special. It'll run for, start at 11 when we get done. It'll run till 3 o'clock. It is anything, everything. It's the best of the Scores anniversary show. We will bring you a piece of that later on this hour when Adam Studzinski and I, and I still think we should, there should be a show called Studzinski and Meatballs. And you should just do that first pod. You should just be, that's what you should do. You should do it at some some Italian restaurant. And now that we're talking food with Jay, and we did have we did have a 901 texter said Jay would be a bologna mule for the right price, <laughs> and he would. Oh, totally. And you can't so convince will, me otherwise. He would totally yes. do it. So we will bring you that highlight uh, from the Score's 30th anniversary show. A man who is there is going to be our next guest. He's on the Score Hotline, presented by Circa Resort and Casino in Las Vegas, home of the world's largest sports book. He is Shane Reardon, executive producer and content, 670 The Score's Parkin and Spiegel show. And he is also half of the Southside podcast with the guy who will be on from 3 to 6, Gabe Ramirez, who is a regular on these airwaves and a regular on partner of us and talking, and we've worked with him. So, Shane... Thanks for coming on and your prophetic tattoo. We want to talk about your <laughs> prophetic tattoo. Yeah. Not pathetic. I said prophetic. Good. I'm, I'm with you, bud. <laughs> Thank you, Steve. Can I be straight with you guys for a second? Yeah. No, no, no. You, oh, no? no, we're not. We can't. You don't want, you don't want, me, to, you want me to be honest? You, can be, you yeah. can be straight with me, not Steve. <laughs> Studs, I am so hungover right now. Oh, my God, really? Well, oh share with God. us how late night you last got night? to this point. <laughs> uh, it's my cousin's birthday last night. There was a party at, at her friend's apartment, and then we were at the lodge until one o'clock in the morning. And then mm. we went to Zebra Lounge. If anyone's familiar, it's a piano bar hidden in the ground floor of an apartment building. And we were there until two or three in the morning. I am so hungover, Oof. but I'm so glad to be with you guys today. What did it? What did it for you? What were? What were the? What was the magic elixir that hung you over? Yeah, this is it's, the first. Uh, time, this is the first time I've heard you admit that you're hungover. Yeah, I don't get hungover often. <laughs> when so he's working that is, way regularly, right? <laughs> it's the complete lack of water. Uh, mm. I did not eat dinner last night. Oh, and, and the whiskey. 
It was it was the whiskey, I think. Oh yeah, the whiskey. Yeah, it's the, always the whiskey. Yeah, the whiskey and the lack of water, especially all that sugar. Yeah, man. Yeah, I'm, I'm taking ownership. This is a yeah. me problem, uh, but I, I still got up uh, to do this with you guys and then record Southsiders with Gabe when I'm done with you. Perfect. Well, that'll be excellent. Let's talk about your your Southsiders. Yeah. Let's talk about them. I I. I know what I see. I know what I feel. I'm not in that clubhouse, but I know that this team, however it got, however it happened, whether it was a, you know, we the the, the season changed thanks to Tony LaRusso's cardiologist. That's what I believe. That's a different thing. <laughs> Everything order got restored <laughs> because Chairman Reinsdorf neutered Rick Hahn, neutered Kenny Williams, but now Miguel Cairo, he doesn't have that paper. He doesn't have that cred. He wasn't hired by the chairman. Everything's in order now. Chairman, president, GM, manager. And it looks like this is a team playing the kind of baseball it should, give or take a Leury Garcia bit of idiocy. But I think something's different. And this is why we were all calling for it early in the season. This is why a managerial change makes things look different to me. How do you view it? Shane. Yes. So there are two instances that stick out most to me. That's in the Thursday game where Miguel Cairo pulled Johnny Cueto with one out in the sixth inning after a strikeout. So Johnny Cueto has been a workhorse. He's been, he goes into the seventh, he goes into the eighth, but Miguel Cairo saw the matchups, pulled Johnny Cueto after a strikeout with one out in the sixth inning for Ronaldo Lopez. Ronaldo ended up walking one guy, almost walking a second in a row, but still getting out of the inning and no run scored. So that was the first time you would have never seen the matchups and pulled Johnny Cueto with one out in the sixth. And then the second instance was when they started Joe Kelly or opened with Joe Kelly and Miguel Cairo talked about the conversation that was had between him, Ethan Katz, and the front office. <laughs> that that conversation does not happen if Tony Larusa is in the dugout. There's no conversation between Ethan Katz, Tony Larusa, and Rick Hahn. So this is Rick Hahn getting his balls back a little bit. Um, mm-hmm. it, you call you said neutered, Steve, and that's exactly what happened. He was he was completely neutered, and now now he's got a little bit more say. And and the the modern day baseball strategy is coming back a little bit. I have loved the vibes over the weekend. Yesterday kind of sucked, but, you know, you, you get two out of three from the Twins and you say, all right, cool, we, we did the job, plus Cleveland lost, so no damage done. What do you think about the Seattle series now, now Shane? Uh, two questions. How's the tattoo feeling? Is it healing, healing all right? Is it setting in? I think, I think we look changed. You got me? Yeah. You got me? Yeah, now, we're, now you're there. Okay, okay, sorry, yeah. Oh, now he goes again. What is Shane? Am, am doing? I here? Yeah, you're am here. I here. Yeah. Okay. No I'm sorry. Idea. I'm sorry. I, I, I have no idea what the hell is now. happening. No, no, no. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Yes, tattoo is still here. It feels good. All right. Good. And all right. So <laughs> the Seattle series, because the, all right. So this is. I know we've had a million moments moments like this this season, Shane, where we're trying to say, okay, this is it. This is when they finally turn it around. The things are going well now. Is this actually it? Are the vibes here to stay? Are they going to get two out of get get a couple wins against Seattle? Is Cleveland going to keep losing? What's what's going on? Yeah, I mean, it, it's it's make or break now. It, it, there's no more losing one series and then saying you'll sweep the next or take two out of three in the next. There's no 
there's no pussyfooting around. This is it. Like, you sweep Seattle, or you at least take... Is this a three- or four-game series? I'll look. I'm looking right now, too. Um, no, it's a three-game series. You take okay. two out of three in Seattle, and then you have to go to Oakland to play four where you don't play well. The White Sox do not play well in Oakland, but they're a crap team. So you take two or three, two of three, or sweep Seattle, and then you have to go on to Oakland and take three or four. There's no more splitting series. Mm-hmm. Like, it, this is – it's it now. You're, 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 you're back two and a half games. That's whatever. This is it. it, it, it no more playing games. We're talking with Shane Reardon. He is the executive producer and content, 670 The Scores, Parkin and Spiegel, Parkins and Spiegel Show, and part of the Southsiders podcast with Gabe Ramirez. And Gabe will be on at 3 o'clock from 3 to 6 today. And in between will be the Scores anniversary show from 11 to 3. We will have a highlight from that show later on this hour. Dylan Cease, does the inimitable Jay Kuda produced this list about the near-untouchable Dylan Cease, and I thought this was just stunning. First pitcher in 50 years to have 20-plus starts of zero or one earned runs at this point in the season, meaning game number 133. Only Cease and Bob Gibson, Gibson have done it in less than 30 total starts. The short list includes Babe Ruth, Sandy Koufax, Walter Johnson, Cy Young. That's who Dylan Cease is walking with. However you want to arrange your playoff rotation, he starts game one. He's that guy. This is a remarkable thing. And yet to think they lost two of his starts, they lost two Cueto starts, which you can't afford anymore. But your assessment of the rotation, which seems to be the linchpin of what they've done and where they're going. Yeah, um, my heart broke for that kid on Saturday night. <laughs> it, it just, and it was almost one of those situations where I think a lot of people in the park didn't realize what was going on because hmm. they were scoring so many runs and, and the offense was electric and fun. My heart broke for him. Walk Luis Arias, at pitch around hmm. him at, at bare minimum. Don't give him a slider that doesn't break over the heart of the plate. Walk Luis Arias. It was just, and when he was coming off after the eighth, like trying to get the crowd pumped up, like that's what this team was supposed to be all season long. It's so, Mm -hmm. it sucks. It sucks that they've waited this long to be who they were supposed to be. And like Lance Lynn has looked good in the last, what, three, four starts. He's looked good. Um, This team has been so hurt we we know that we understand that but the rotation isn't the issue and however they decide to roll them out for the playoffs if they make it to the playoffs and i think you know i think they will <laughs> it, they oh really need to, it, yeah i i uh, right. yeah it's pretty permanent with that thought um <laughs> they, they just they have to hit the home run the rotation's never going to be my issue aaron bummer's back today um it, it's they have to hit the home run. If they don't hit the home run, you saw yesterday, they're not going to win ball games. And they, they, I think they had 10 over their last five games, if you don't include yesterday. It just, you got to hit the home run. The rotation is not my worry at all. I'm curious, Shane, you mentioned how a lot of people at the ballpark didn't necessarily realize until late what was going on with Cease. So I'm curious, because I was watching the game, but 
what was what was it like in the stadium? You said your heart broke, but because the team's up so up by so much, you know they're going to win the game. It's a huge win. What was it like in that moment when he gave up that hit? You said you wanted him to walk to walk a rise. How did how did the stadium react? Yeah, I mean, it wasn't a standard, like, losing the no-hit bid, uh, complete energy fallout. It, it wasn't like that at all. It was like, oh, man, that sucks. All right, there's two outs in the ninth. You're up 13 or nothing. Get one more. And mm-hmm. then he went out and he he, he struck out and, and he, he got the strikeout and he didn't have any strikeouts on Saturday night. So it, that was nice to see. But I mean, he's talked about it. You know, the, the complete game one-hitter shutout feels just as good and of course it doesn't but you got to say that publicly um but the the energy was still there like that was i've gone to i don't know maybe 30 35 games this year that was the most energetic i've seen a crowd on the south side all season all season just like the team is picking it up and understanding what they can be and they're doing it and they're hitting the home run ball and they're winning games, the, the crowd is understanding that, hey, let's make it or break it. The, the bench emptings in baseball are like fights in hockey. They, they're really a whole lot of nothing. However, they might mean something to the people involved. And there's Lance Lynn <clears throat> magically hopping over a fence. We didn't know he could hop. We couldn't oh, know yeah. he could move that large body <laughs> over that. But there he was, the pace car for the bench emptying. And I don't know if it means <laughs> anything, car. and we're just we're just guessing at this point. But it, it backed up what Liam Hendricks told the athletic about we need to be, and then he used a word <clears throat> for a male appendage, and that's where he thinks the Sox need to get back to in order to succeed. So as a longtime Sox watcher between swag and and being acting like the most hated team in baseball, are they achieving that? Did they need that? Or is starting pitching and home runs going to be enough? I mean, theoretically, starting pitching and home runs should be enough, but we don't have to use the word that Liam Hendricks used to say that they need their swagger back. Like, this team was the team you hated to come play. It's like a team full of A.J. Pruszynski's. You love him if you if he's on your team. You hate him if you're playing against him. Nobody liked to play the White Sox last year or the year before. You, you don't want to go in there and have to deal with those attitudes and deal with Tim Anderson showing you up and the bat flips and Liam Hendricks pumping his fist and, um, and Lance Lynn, after a strikeout to end the inning, calling you a slap DMFer. You know, like you, you, you don't want to. Sounds like we're doing that. Wheel of Fortune here. <laughs> I mean, it, 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 there's so much profanity. I've got to bleep out 50% of it. It's it's like they they were so much fun, and I'm I'm not gonna say it. I mean, I am gonna say it, but Tony Larusa took it away from them. Mm-hmm. I I, I don't mm. care if Gavin Sheets comes out and says. You know, he's been one of the best mentors for my career, and I hope he comes back as soon as possible. Like, he's still taking the swagger away from that dugout. You saw it when he when he crucified your mean Mercedes for hitting a home run on 3-0. You yeah. saw it when he when Lance Lynn spoke out. He said, that's why Lance Lynn's got a locker and I've got an office. Like, he's – I'm sure Tony La Russa is a nice guy, but when you have this young, fun, hungry baseball team that – that lives with every emotion on their sleeve, 
a guy like that coming in wanting to still live by his old school baseball feelings, mm-hmm. it just it doesn't work. It doesn't work. And God forbid, I hope the guy is healthy and feeling better than he was the other day. But like Miguel Cairo is going to enable them. Hey, go be yourselves. Go out there and play the game the way that you grew up playing the game and want to play the game. Go have fun and win baseball games. So, another reason why why we wanted to have you on here, Shane, is because yeah. this is a big grilling holiday, and so oh, I don't know, I don't know, I don't know if you're gonna get some hair of the dog going. And get is the grill going yet, or or did you like literally just wake up and pick up the phone? It, it's going. The, the 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 smoker has been lit, so we, we are preparing for a long smoke today. What are we? What do we got in the smoker? Wait, just he a pork was lit shoulder. last night. How can you yeah, tell? Hell yeah. Um, <laughs> uh, just a pork shoulder today. Maybe some chickens. Um, see what I've got in the freezer. Nice, nice. So I got a question about something. So I got some some like jumbo shrimp that I pulled out of the freezer, and I'm, I don't know okay. what to do with them. We're gonna. So so what what would you do in my situation? Should I just throw them on the grill and let them cook and go with it? No, I'm, I'm probably with shrimp. I'm probably going in a cast iron with some lime and tequila and butter and garlic and paprika and salt and pepper, like just a real quick sear off, like 90 seconds per side. And then I'm probably just eating that straight. I don't like to go crazy with shrimp. I, I either like to eat them straight or throw them in tacos. Love it. And your favorite meat to grill, what would be the most likely meat? What's the best meat? What's the, for people out there going, well, I want to grill it. I see, I should. What's the simplest thing I should do today? The simplest thing, ooh, the, that's a good question, Steve. The simplest well, thing you can do Give me an do answer. Is... A, texter, a texter wants to thank you for fessing up to your Doc Ellis moment. So, oh, sure. So yeah. pay off the no-hitter right now, Shane. Yeah. Um, the simplest thing you can grill is, is probably like a chicken thigh or something like that. I think that's the, for 225 a pound, 250 a pound, depending on where you're, you're finding it, that's the best bang for your buck in terms of a piece of protein that provides flavor, that doesn't lose flavor on a grill like a steak would. Like, I don't grill steaks at all. I just go over the cast iron on steak. So the hmm. simplest thing you can do today is go get yourself some chicken thighs, go ahead and trim those up a little bit, get rid of the excess skin, Season them over the skin, but then make sure you also get the seasoning in between the meat and under the skin, and then grill those until they hit 145, 150, and then take them out and let them rest until they hit 155. You don't have to cook chicken until it hits 165. You just don't. Don't trust the FDA. It's okay to get (laughs) sick every once in a while. Don't cook the way that your parents used to cook, where they cooked that stuff until it turned into chalk. Go ahead and cook your chicken thighs till they hit 150, 155, and take them off and rest them. All right. We're but that's the simplest you thing you could do today. We're going to let you rest a lot now, of steps Shane. In there. We're going to let all your juices come back. Thank you for joining us. I appreciate us. that. Thank, Thank you, guys. You Have a great uh, Labor Day. You I appreciate too. you for laboring today. <laughs> Thank you, Shane Reardon. Bye, Shane. Executive, executive, executive producer of content, Park and Spiegel Show. That was great. All right. We're going to come Is back. Is he sitting on uh, his porch? Maybe. Could be. Sounds like I he don't was. know. We have no way. He could still be under a bench at the Zebra Lounge. Another <laughs> highlight from another highlight from the Scores 30th anniversary show is on its way. The show begins at 11 after us. It runs till three. We got a highlight from that. I got a question about finishing last in a fantasy league. I got an idea for studs in one of his 75 leagues that he should. And we have a story on the new Jordan Pippen combination. 
Coming up next, Chicago Sports Radio 670 The Score. Steve Rosenblum, Adam Stadzinski on 670 The Score and 670thescore.com in Odyssey Station. We couldn't get Rick Party to say Steve Rosenblum and Trash Panda. That's on uh, that's on Chris Tannehill. I think he sent him the scripts. Oh. So we're going to blame Tanny on that one. What the hell, Tanny? Do yeah. better at your job, man. We're Trash Panda. Yeah. And by the way, speaking of Trash Panda's parents, Sweet Alice and Shooter, I took the Sweet Alice picture this week. And I oh, yeah. sent it to you. Did, did you send it to Sweet Alice? I did. I did. I sent she- it to her. And she... She asked if you went in the store that plays Take It Easy on Loop, if that's still a thing. I went in the Standing on a Corner to share with the class. I drove out west. My son and daughter-in-law and two of my grand dogs moved to Southern California. So one grand dog, Gio, is... The other one fits in neatly into the overhead compartment. (laughs) Gio does it. Gio's about 50, 60 pounds of... Labrador, Pitbull, um, Basset Hound. So Brandon was driving. Dad, will you come with me, me and Gio? I said, yeah, okay, we drove. So we got through Kansas, Missouri, Kansas, Oklahoma, and finally we got to New Mexico. And I think Missouri, Kansas, and Oklahoma need to be thrown out of the United States. (laughs) I'm with with you on that. They're bad, they're ugly, they're yuck. They need to be, we need to replace them. Like move Hawaii inland. Because yeah, it's just, can we do we that? that. Can yeah, we? we need that. Yeah. So we drove So we drove there, we went to Albuquerque, we did the Breaking Bad hat, I had my our Breaking Bad tour. We got, almost got the police called on us at in front of Walter White's house. And then we would hit a couple other places. I'm wearing my Heisenberg hat. And then we get to <laughs> Winslow, Arizona. And we right along. Standing I-40. on the corner. I was. I was standing on the corner of Winslow, Arizona. I took the sweet... You sent me the sweet Alice picture that she sent when she was... I think she was hugging the Jackson... There's two statues. Yeah, yeah. Of standing on the corner. One is Jackson Brown, and the other is Glenn Fry. So Glenn Fry and Jackson Brown wrote the song. Well, Glenn Fry wrote 17 words. He wrote... <laughs> he wrote, It's a girl, my lord, in a flatbed forward, slowing down to take a look at me. And Jackson Brown said, That's it. So... <laughs> That's how they finished the song. There's two statues of them. And I think I think Sweet Alice was in the picture you sent me was hugging Jackson Brown. I think that was it. That makes sense because my dad's a big Glenn Fry guy. Yeah. And um well he's a big Eagles guy in general, but Glenn Fry I think is the one that he gravitated towards the most. I think that's who my mom told me that's the one. So my dad plays music and and he actually with this group he was playing with in like the 90s, kind of early 2000s, recorded a version of Take It Easy that, I mean, he sounds really good. He he he, he can pull off a good a, a good Glenn Fry. The rest of the production, I know he wasn't overly happy with, but. Well, they need him. They were using Glenn Fry's um, son and they were using Vince Gill. It's like the Eagles are going on tour. They're like their own karaoke concert tour. Yeah, <laughs> just, yeah I that's saw what they're Every That's time I see that they're touring, I'm like, half the group's dead. It's, <laughs> Eagles, it's Eagles karaoke. So anyways, there is, I took the pictures, I have photographic evidence, and then I went into the store called Standing on a Corner, and I bought a shirt, purple shirt, that says Standing on a Corner in Winslow, Arizona. Love I it. have that. I'm proud of it. So I do. And they were playing. You could go into that store, and every Eagles lyric ever is on some kind of shirt in there. That's pretty so, cool. 
Yeah. So that. So was, are they? Is that, that the one? It. So my mom like. Is there one? Is that the one that just plays "Take It Easy" on a loop on the inside? I I think that's it. They're they're, yes. I guess there's there's two stores there. Oh, okay. I only went into one of them. I got my shirt. So, anyways, that's what I was doing, and um, and I just wanted it. And we had a texture who, why don't you call Studs Trash Panda anymore? And I go, well, Rick Party wouldn't let me. I didn't realize that. <laughs> so then I broke out of it. So, anyways, we we're here till eleven. Me and Studs, and at eleven is the scores. 30th anniversary best of broadcast. We're bringing it to you from 11 till 3. Now, last hour, we brought you Terry Bors. He will be the star of the 12 o'clock hour on our, our broadcast of the best of. We want to play this from Wani. He will be part of the 1 o'clock hour. Here is a bit of Wani from the scores, our best of broadcast from the scores 30th anniversary party. What was your opinion of the score and how they treated you? Um... You know what? I, I evaluate uh, me, and I still do this, t maybe to a fault. Uh, I've backed off a little bit, but I would always evaluate the media. And every time, and I've coached in a lot of times from L.A. to Miami, as you know, on uh, their criticism related to their, not necessarily their knowledge. Okay, I get that part of it but their uh, involvement and their interest in really understanding what we were trying to do. Mm. If a guy was criticizing me, and I never saw the guy, and he never called, and we'd go up to training camp, and I won't get into some names right now, and the guy never saw him the whole time we were at Platteville, but yet he's going on that radio and, or TV, and he's doesn't like this and doesn't like this. That kind of stuff really bothered me. The guy that we're all in and we're always around and always calling. Uh, you know, Dan Jiggett, you mentioned him, right? I mean, you know, Dan was around all the time. We, we had a good rapport, and, and they'd come by the office, and, and that was the respect that I had for the people in your business, mm -hmm. you know? And I know the score is, is a little bit more, uh, you know, off the cuff and, uh, you know, you know, just kind of a, a not. I don't want to say entertainment because I'm honest thing, but you know what I'm saying. I do. Uh, Entertainment's they, not a shock treatment. Shock treatment. The, sc the score. Listen, you know, they they sure. like it's they, talk radio. Yeah. There was more of a journalistic bent, a hardcore journalistic bent in the '90s, though. There were there was a full-time Bears reporter. Yeah. Mike Greenberg. You remember Greeny from ESPN? Was Greeny and I still talk to this day when I see him? I saw him at the Super Bowl we did in Miami a couple years ago. He came up to me, and he still tells a story. I think I screamed at him or something. He didn't like the color of my sweater. Maybe he was, the, you know, or something like that. And, but and, that's when he's working for us. He was a yes, score yes, football yes. reporter. And he had just got out of Northwestern, I think, and, uh -huh. and he was just getting started. No, absolutely. Rebound. That's Wani. He didn't like it. You come talk to me. You do all that. Well, you do your job your way, Dave, and we'll do our job our way. And Greeny. I, I I worked with Greenbaum. We did many Saturday stories together. Greenbaum, yeah. I was Rosenbaum. He was Greenbaum. And we did many shows together on the score on Saturdays, on weekends. And he never passed up a mirror. That much I can tell you. Mm. To answer, to that answer doesn't really shock me. Answer to Texture 630. The street, the corner, the street names of the corner of Winslow, Arizona, 
it's actually on Route 66, and that's all you really need to know. You can type in standing on the corner in Winslow, Arizona. You'll get it. Just Second follow Avenue, Route 66 to Arizona. There you go. Yeah, Second <laughs> Avenue and North Kinsley Avenue. That's the corner in Winslow, Arizona. And so I have a picture with standing next to Glenn Fry, picture standing next to Jackson Brown, and a picture that Brandon took from across the street that has the shield painted onto the street at the intersection of Route 66. So that's that. So I have a question for you about uh-huh. fantasy football. Yeah. We, we talked about whether you have... There's a prize for finishing first. Is there a punishment for finishing last in any of your leagues? Because I have a great punishment here. No, we don't. None of my leagues have that. Um, You're lacking. Yeah, I know. There's one league that we've toyed with an idea of something at the last. there's, There's one league that I have that's just really kind of a total joke. There's only six of us, and the winner gets... Um a bottle of booze from all from everyone else in the league. And we've joked about the last place person having to do something extra. Um, but we haven't ever go- gone through with it. And frankly, we half the time we don't go through with, with getting the winner booze. Like, I don't think I paid up last year. I don't even know who won, but uh, <laughs> um, no. So yeah, none of my leagues had that. I don't think have a last place thing. Zach Rosenblatt, who covers the jets for the athletic had sent photographic evidence of this. And his tweet was, this is Chris. He came in last place in our fantasy football league. His punishment, go to a nice restaurant with a large teddy bear as his date. <laughs> so it, he this. is in a he is in a white tablecloth, napkins, nice sterling, nice silverware, uh, wood carved seats restaurant. And there is a giant Winnie the Pooh sitting next to him at the table. I'm thinking some. I, I'm, I'm picturing someone walking into Michael Jordan's steakhouse right now, carrying a giant teddy bear. <laughs> that would be outstanding. And apparently, he had to order dinner for his date. So oh, there is. I love it. Looks this. like it looks like mussels and shrimp, and it looks like some kind of paella thing, whatever it is. Shellfish sitting in front of his stuffed Winnie the Pooh along with a <laughs> glass of wine. Now that, that is the way to punish somebody for fi- finishing last in I, a fantasy league. I'm all about that. Yeah, the, we, we're definitely lacking in the punishment side of things because especially, I mean, there's one, one, one league that I've been in for a while now. Well, that in my high school, we high school, we, we got to do something too. it's we got to do something. The problem is we're all kind of especially my high school league. We're all kind of spread out. Yeah. So, you know, there's people in St. Louis. Three of us are in the, in Chicago. So it's kind of tough for us to, to, to do stuff like that. But I agree. We need to like that's a great idea. That or and apparently in in this in this as part of the bit as part of the punishment the waiter and waitress, the servers were in on this, and they made a general announcement to the <laughs> restaurant. And and it's really hard. If you're in the restaurant, you're going to notice a giant Winnie the Pooh sitting at your <laughs> table and announce he lost his fantasy football league, and Winnie the Pooh is here. And <clears throat> so Zach Rosenblatt continued the tweet from, from Chris. He was asked how the dinner conversation went. <laughs> I feel like I feel like it's a Bad blind date episode with cricket sound effects playing. And <laughs> you know, Chris got a standing ovation on his way out of the restaurant. I love it. 
So, yeah. all right, I actually, you know what, I actually do remember, this isn't a necessarily a punishment, this is more of a victory lap for the winner that we do in, in one of my leagues, the last couple years anyway. The winner has done a cameo thing where they got, last two years ago, they got Dean Blandino to come oh. on. To, the victor did, got a cameo from Dean Blandino and roasted everyone in the league. It was awesome. Like, so, and, and he, I, I can't, he gets to my name, and so my, uh, all my friends group, they just call me Studs, and so apparently the name that he submitted for me was just Studs. So Dean Blandino goes, Studs, you're not a stud, you're a loser, or something like that, and I was just sitting there like, I can't believe I just got roasted by Dean Blandino. <laughs> like, what is happening right now? <laughs> outstanding all right so that was that we i just wanted to share that i love that whole idea and we'll well maybe we'll come across more punishments for the last place finisher we'll take a break when we come back before we bring you to the top of the hour and the scores best of 30th anniversary party um was a new jordan pippen matchup and new combination we want to share that with you and another closing closing thoughts that we have crap we haven't gotten to that's a whole new segment crap we haven't gotten to here on the score chicago sports radio 670 the score steve rosenblum adam studzinski on 670 the score and 670thescore.com in odyssey station the in trash panda here with you taking it up to 11 o'clock where we will broadcast scores best of 30th anniversary party, 11 to 3. Gabe Ramirez will be on from 3 to 6. So there's this story that Larsa Pippen was spotted Sunday at Zuma, a Japanese restaurant right in the heart of downtown Miami with none other than Marcus Jordan. Outstanding. Just outstanding. Two of them (laughs) appeared to be on a double date, some sort of another couple at the table. TMZ, doing the reporting on this, of course, has obtained photos of the pair sitting down next to each other during lunch and apparently leaving, too, with Larsa Pippen leading the way, Marcus following close behind. Eyewitnesses tell us, meaning TMZ, they were there for about 45 minutes and there were no obvious signs of PDA between Hmm. them. Hmm. So that was going on. A lot of speculation here. Lars is 48, MJ, Marcus Jordan is 31. Oh, my God. So... You, you got that. God, that's right. Marcus Jordan's younger than me. I always forget that. So anyways, that was, that was somebody, once this news began to circulate, somebody tweeted the headline and the news with the meme of Michael Jordan looking at the iPad from Last Dance <laughs> and the one where he's laughing. Oh, of course. <laughs> he's just laughing. That's perfect. <laughs> I, so anyways, I, I buy Scotty's into the fact. Yeah, yeah, I buy into the fact. I'm, I'm, this is canon in my head now. Michael sent Marcus and said, "Hey, go after her. <laughs> go court her, if you will." Ooh, like I you think it was a. See, I'm, I was wondering this if is she's a conspiracy still on theory. Real, real Housewives of of Miami. This would be because everything's nothing is real there. It's all scripted. So true. If I true. were a producer, I would say, "Hey, what about this?" Hmm. Well, yeah, I could buy. I don't into know that. if she's I on could, that. I could buy into that as well. Yeah, I don't know anything. So you think Michael about her. said, "Hey, Marcus, why don't you?" Why don't you do the whole older woman, right? Get cougared by Larson. <laughs> yeah, I buy into that. But, you know, Scotty's been out talking quite a bit. So MJ's like, you know what? Okay. Okay. I see I see how we're playing this game. <laughs> All right. Well, I, I, 
just want to bring that to your attention. That's the latest. That's some juicy, Jordan, juicy Chicago gossip right there. Jordan Pippen hookup. All right, so there's, <laughs> there, there's that. And before we leave, we before we take our last swings, a longtime nemesis took his last swing. Were you on the board last night? Doing yes, I was. Okay. I was. So I had to deal sure with the the hour and a half rain delay. So you were you were studs Stradamus and you kind of called this thing and you thought and you waited it out and now we need to talk about public enemy number one of recent nature of the Cubs. So for those that aren't aware, situation now, bottom of the eighth, man on second base, and the Cubs er, sorry, not the Cubs, the Cardinals decide to pinch it with Albert Pujols. Brandon Hughes is pitching. Key thing here, Brandon Hughes is a lefty. You know what Albert Pujols still does kind of pretty well? Hit lefties. <laughs> David Ross comes out to the mound, and Pat and Ron were talking about, Coom was basically saying, don't, don't pitch to him. First base is open. You got one out. If, if the ball's on the ground, you're definitely getting me out at second because Pujols can't run. <laughs> mm-hmm. And I'm not sure who was up after Pujols. It doesn't matter. But... You know, your best way out of the inning at that point, put the man put the man on first play for the double play, right? You don't want you don't want your young guy pitching to Albert Pujols. And Caesar, do we have All right. So is this I had Caesar pull the the Cardinals broadcast of this cuz it was so good. And so we know what it sounded like on Cubs radio. And we all knew what was going to happen the second that they decided to pitch to Albert Pujols. In a in a zero zero tie game in his what was going to be his last at bat against the Cubs in his career, assuming he does in fact hang it up at the end of the year. It was so predictable. And so I immediately texted a buddy of mine who's a Cubs fan and said, You know he's gonna hit a bomb here, right? Like you know it. Like prepare yourself. And this is what happened. The 0 one pitch. So <laughs> it's it was honestly incredible, and the way that Pat described it in the moment was, I don't believe it. And I know that's just an expression because I think we all believed it. We all knew it was going to happen because Albert Pools and I saw a stat that someone put out there yesterday. Oh, and, and thanks, by the way, that was Bally Sports that had the Cardinals call. There was a stat put out there yesterday about Albert Pujols versus the Cubs that he hit a home run once every 3.4 games against the Cubs. So literally once every series, basically, Albert Pujols was going yard against the Cubs. And this, his last at bat against them, he's an all-time Chicago boogeyman, is the way is the expression that I said to you before the show. Yeah. He, yeah. he had to get the last laugh. He just had to, <laughs> because and that, you know it, it's, even at it's that this, age. Yes, it, it's, yeah. It's and you know, you know what this is too. The, the thing that I immediately thought of after the game, I counted to Aaron Rodgers the "I own you" moment. That was our Pujols. <laughs> I own you. I still own you. I'm a, I'm 50 years old. I can barely run. I'm about 100 pounds heavier than I was in my prime. 
and I still own you because I am Albert Pujols, you are the Chicago Cubs, I own you. And he's not going to say it because he's got more class than Aaron Rodgers, but there's no way he wasn't thinking it as he's rounding the bases. Yeah, I own you guys. He was, and he was released by two teams, two, the, by the Dodgers and Angels this year, right? That's how he ended up with the Cardinals, wasn't Didn't he? Released he, by two teams? he was for sure on the Dodgers last year. I can't remember if it was this year or last year he was DFA'd by them, though. Hmm. Well, whatever. He keeps getting released, and he shows up in St. Louis. Oh, no, 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 no. He, he, he got DFA'd by the Angels last year, signed with the Dodgers, and then signed with the Cardinals going into the season, I think is what it was. Well, whatever. He's back to torture them. So <clears throat> you mentioned Aaron Rodgers, and you can't do that without mentioning Brett Favre. Those have to be the, the greatest tormentors of the last two generations of Chicago. I mean, the, the Chicago boogeyman, the, the, the greatest – villain in Chicago has to be the Green Bay quarterback because they have because of what the Bears haven't had at quarterbacks which is about 70 different guys and they've had two and the only thing Bears fans can say is well you had those guys you had those Hall of Famers (laughs) and you only won one Super Bowl with each of them that's about all Bears fans can come back. It's with. a pretty lame comeback, but it's all we got. So <laughs> that's <laughs> that's what we do. It's 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 all we got. So I'll, I'll take you with me. So who's the who's the? Let's go back thirty years. Then that's what we're dealing with. We okay. Brett Favre. Brett Favre. The scores. The score started when Brett Favre started with the Packers, and and actually Wani, who who will be featured in the um, one o'clock hour in our. Our scores rebroadcast the the best of which comes on after us. Wani actually beat Brett Favre the, the first time they played. I think they picked him off three times, and it didn't it did not go well after that. <laughs> so in those thirty years, give it if if Brett Favre and Adam and Aaron Rodgers are the the biggest villains for the Bears, who do you think it is for the Cubs? Is it Albert Pujols? Is he that guy? I. I would personally say, and you know, not being a Cubs fan, I would say I would say it's Pujols because he's one of the greatest hitters of all time. He's mm-hmm. on your arch rival, and he destroyed you his entire career. Like yeah. every, and it's kind of that feeling of, and I got this feeling with for so for whatever reason, and this is more recent with Nelson Cruz for the Twins when he would face the Sox. I always felt like he was going to hit a home run. But there was always a twin it, or a Royal. Yeah. It could be Joe Randa. It could be any of your, your Randa, Nick Punto. I mean, there would be those those guys who would do that. But um, Yeah, I think if for the, I, so for the Cubs, the it's got to be well, Pujols. Okay, so who's the Sox? Who's the Sox? That's a good question because there's there's a few different ones. And for whatever reason, I haven't been able to think the, 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 the pitcher who was always really good for the Twins. I can't. For whatever reason, he's escaping me. Well, Johan Santana beat Johan, Johan Santana. 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 He beat Thank you. Yeah, he beat I know everybody. he did, but it, you know, Sox got to face him a hundred times a year. So, <laughs> all right. So the Bulls. Who do you think the Bulls' biggest villain? I mean, they've actually had some good teams, but they've sucked. And who's who's owned them? I guess you say who's owned them when they were even good. Who, did, who tortured <laughs> them? Who destroyed them? I used to think it was Andre Drummond. There was no way they could mm-hmm. ever compete with him. He was. A, not a great player, but he would get 20 and 20 because the <laughs> they couldn't play. He, but I don't think he's their greatest. I don't think he's the greatest villain, is it? No. I mean, I, and I'm trying to think like in in my 
life that I can really remember. I mean, you know, if we're going back 30 years here, I know we count the 90s Bulls, but they beat everyone, so they didn't really yeah. have a boogeyman. They, you know, it was Detroit before that, but that's predating what we're talking about. I would say maybe it was Tim Floyd. Maybe it was Tim Floyd. And Jim, <laughs> Tim Floyd. And there Jim you go. Boylan. It was. It was. It was Garpax. It was both of them. There you go. I, no, That's I the think greatest villain. I'm trying to like. I think so. In my life, like really, when the Bulls were good, the team that I always felt like they couldn't get over the hump against was the Heat. Like, and I felt I always felt like LeBron just had their number. They never got yeah. so like with with Derrick Rose when they were really good. They couldn't get past LeBron. I know not they're not the only team in there, but that's the team that comes to mind for me. That's true. And Bruce Chen was the guy you were trying to think of. Bruce Chen was side Chen. We used to aggravate Ozzy. There All right, you go. I want to thank everybody for listening. We got to get out of here. Me and Trash Panda. We're going to thank you for listening to us. We have been the pregame show for the Score's 30th anniversary broadcast. We have the best of the Score over 30 years. Thank you for listening. We are Chicago Sports Radio, 670 The Score. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Hey everyone, Boomer Esiason here. The NFL Draft is behind us and your favorite team is now gearing up for week number one. The free Odyssey app puts you right in the middle of the pro football conversation with the biggest sports radio stations from across the country. The local voices who know your team the best, giving you their unfiltered takes on the current state of your squad. It's always football season right here on the free Odyssey app. 